Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you again for joining with me on the Word Podcast. We continue through the Gospel of John, chapter 16, where Jesus is speaking His final words to His disciples why he's here on earth at least and uh, well why he's in his corporeal existence while he's on earth because he's about to die but then he will be resurrected and then he will appear for 40 days on the earth so uh but what they have been living in the previous three and a half years this was coming to an end and he's been telling them in the previous episodes we saw where he's uh, speaking of of the helper the holy spirit and how he's going to send the holy spirit to those who believe Verse 14 of John 16 told us, He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So that's one of the roles and functionings of the Holy Spirit is to take what is Jesus's and declare it to us. Well, what did he mean by that? Verse 15 helps. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now that's wild. You know, there's several uh, verses in the Gospel of John, several portions of the Gospel of John that speak to the triune nature of God, Father, Son, Spirit, that allude to it. Right here, watch what happens. All that the Father has is mine. So you have Father, you have Son. Therefore, I, Son, said that He, the Spirit, will take what is mine and declare it to you. So we actually see how. Uh, the, the the Godhead functions together, how he abides within us and what happens. The Spirit will take what is mine, Jesus's, which he received from the Father, and he says all that the Father has is mine. So it's the totality of the mind of God, the mind of the Father, the mind of the Son, will be communicated via the Spirit to the believer. Verse 16. Uh, well, before I go there, think about that for a moment, folks. That's a wild thing. You know, so often we say, well, yeah, I know the Spirit lives within me. Then we get all droopy dog about it, you know. And no, no, no. <clears throat> this is an amazing thing that the Father has done for us and not leaving us abandoned, but the very fact that he comes and abides within us in this way. Now, verse 16, a little while, Jesus says, and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while. And you will see me. So he's been talking about how he's going to leave, but you know you can't go where I'm going. And Peter says, "Well, why can't we?" And Jesus says, "Well, you'll come later." All these things about him leaving, a couple of things about seeing him again. But now he says it point blank: "In just a little while, you're not going to see me any longer." And again, in a little while, you will see me. Well, you can understand how they might be thinking. Well, what is he talking about there? Verse 17. So some of his disciples said to one another. What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father. See, they tied that I'm going to the Father in with what um, where Jesus has said that previously. What's cool when you read this from the uh, red letter editions of the New American Standard and the ESV, they actually put that in red letters. The disciples are quoting what Jesus said. So they put it in red letters. King James doesn't do that. They just leave it as a quote. 
Uh, the reason I think that's sort of interesting is it shows us, even in the translation, that the disciples were listening acutely. They heard what he was saying to where they could quote exactly what he had said, yet they still did not understand. You can hear exactly what somebody says and not understand. Verse 18, so they were saying, this is the disciples, what does he mean? A little while. We do not know what he is talking about. Verse 19, Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you are asking yourself? What I meant by saying, a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. So Jesus knew what they were speaking about. So he initiated the conversation. He says, hey, is this what you're asking each other about? Is this what you're inquiring about? Uh, one trans, two translations say, is this what you're deliberating with one another about? In other words, they were considering this and saying, what does this mean? Jesus explains it, verse 20. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if that helps much with the answering. He's showing them what's going to happen, but he doesn't give them the details. He says, yes, you're going to weep. You're going to lament. And you're going to be very, very sorrowful over what's about to occur. And the world will rejoice. But know this, that your sorrow will be turned into joy. And then he gives them a, a, a picture, a model, an example of this that all would have been very familiar with. Verse 21. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. And, and so, in other words, she's birthing a baby. It's a painful process. It's a sorrowful process. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. If you've ever seen that and experienced that, you know exactly what the Lord is saying right here. <clears throat> there's tremendous pain. There's tremendous suffering. Uh, for however long it lasts, often hour after hour after hour after hour. And when that baby is born within a matter of moments, I mean a matter of moments, the anguish is all over because a little baby has been born. And it's just amazing how God has designed us as human beings to where the body responds that way uh, to where we can go from tremendous anguish into tremendous joy, literally in the moment's time. Verse 22, Jesus is still speaking. So also you have sorrow now. So he's saying in the same way that this happens with a woman who's given birth to a child, you have sorrow now. But I will see you again, <clears throat> and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Now that is an amazing statement right there. He says, yeah, you're going to be in sorrow right now, but I'm going to see you again. So he's telling them, don't worry, be happy, right? He says, your hearts are going to rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. We actually see this in the book of Acts after Jesus is resurrected. And these uh, very disciples right here, these 11, were proclaiming the truth, and yet they were being arrested, they were being beaten, and yet they rejoiced and counted it joy that they were worthy of being treated this way on behalf of the name of the Lord. He tells us point blank that no one can take your joy from you. I think you can abdicate your joy. 
I think you can turn away from your joy. You can step outside the body and what we've seen in John 15 of the Lord and that you can choose to waller in uh, modeling emotions, okay? You can choose to do that. But no one can take away your joy. No one can come up and do it. As a true believer, we have a joy that goes beyond anything the world can comprehend. So keep that in mind this week. Rejoice in the Lord in the midst of all things. Rejoice. Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you again next time.